welcome back to the Gray and Gold podcast. My name is Graydon Square. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, RK is uh, <laughs> being drowning. RK, drowning in a smoothie. I was so hungry, man. I'm sorry. I put like all the berries I had in my fridge in this thing. No worries, brother. How you doing today? I'm doing fan. I'm excited to t- I'm excited for you to introduce our guest, honestly. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's been a couple of weeks, actually a couple months since we've done some regular episodes and we haven't had an interview in a while. Uh, but this is one of the interviews that I've wanted to do for a while and I'm really excited about. Uh, I want to introduce you guys, introduce you guys to Ayetta Crawford. And she is the founder and the CEO of Iowell, which is a black-owned woman-led herbal specialist. Uh company that's focused on the holistic benefits derived from cannabis and its numerous isolates. So I want to welcome Yetta to the program. Well, Yetta, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here with you, Gray. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, full disclosure, um, I know Yetta. Uh, we go back many years. Uh, I, I obviously am very good friends with your husband and, you know, who is a founding member of Grand Unified. And so you've known me for a long time. You know my uh, propensity to for marijuana. You know my interest and uh, my, my cannabis culture lifestyle that I live. What made you get into the cannabis culture, the herbal culture that you now find yourself involved in? Good question, because as you and many of your fans may know, uh, Tombstone is sober. Like he is, yep. does not dabble at all. At all. Um, I uh, grew up in a family where cannabis was a regular everyday thing. That was just what we did. Um, however, me personally, I didn't find much benefit for it when I was younger. And so I didn't really get into it. Um, in later times, I realized that I never really learned how to inhale. So I had mm. never learned how to enjoy it. Um, and then once I got into that enjoyment, it's still, I am a control freak at heart. So being out of control is an issue for me. So, um, when I learned how to inhale, I felt completely out of control. So I, again, backed away from cannabis. Mm. Um, it wasn't really until I, um, had an injury to my back. So I have a, a herniated disc, which causes, um, sciatica, um, in alternating of of both of my legs um and with that pain the first thing of course doctors give you are muscle relaxers mm. and oxy and all these things and go to physical therapy um and I just felt like especially being a person who already has a company where I make natural alternatives to um commercial products my first thought was there's got to be something that's a little more holistic. Like this pain um, is not just the pain that we see right at the end, the pain part. There's something that is starting. There's a, there's, we're attacking it from the back end versus being more of a preventative. Mm. And I was introduced to medicinal marijuana by a coworker. I hadn't even realized that Maryland was a medicinal state. Um, they were like, yeah, go ahead, you know, see what you can do with that. When did they um, become medicinal, if you don't mind me asking? Um, actually, Maryland has been medicinal probably, I believe it was 2016. Okay, so, so it was been, later. So it was later. Okay. Yeah, it was later, 
But um, I was introduced with 2018-19. Uh, um, and again, my concern was TH, I'm very sensitive to THC. And so a little bit gets me way too far over, way too out of control. I don't like that feeling. Um, and so actually my practitioner started talking to me about CBD and how CBD not only um, helps regulate your TAC, keeps you at an even keel, but it also has some other benefits. And that kind of just worked into what I already do with my current company. And now here we are. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you've started to go deep into the weeds you know, no pun intended, of the, <laughs> the the knowledge, right? Like of of um, what's going on, what the the regulatory effects of, let's say, CBD are against the THC psychoactive component. Uh, right. A lot of people, and and I learned this. Um, I had a buddy of mine before Arizona became legal. He caught a little weed case, and I remember, I guess, his defense attorney would ask him, like, "Do you know the uh, the dosage of?" THC that you take and he was like I couldn't tell him and when he said that he couldn't tell him the guy was like yeah it would help your case if you knew how much you were actually taking if you could in a and so the guy started doing research and apparently that information started to help him in his case now I don't know if the case got thrown out I think he still had to go on probation or paperwork or something like that but it is an interesting aspect where you start talking about um, dosage levels in yeah. something that we've kind of been taking through a kind of casual, kind of cultural, shamanistic sort of way where we don't take measure it you feel it. Yeah, just to hit it till you feel it. <laughs> and then, you know, you're kind of too gone. And you're like, okay, that was way too much. Um, how much do you think people should know about how much they're ingesting, imbibing, they're, they're actually consuming, whether it's cannabis uh, with, with THC active, psychoactive components or CBD, the non? I think it's really important to um, get as much information as you can um, because there is a lot of additional benefit in cannabis overall, whether it's hemp-based cannabis, whether it's marijuana-based cannabis. Um, there are a lot of other benefits you could be reaping. And like me, you could be in doing the wrong thing. So you have this whole broad, you paint the whole plant as, no, I can't deal with that. Um, but when you learn about dosages and you learn about how to, how to test dosages to see what's good for you, mm. you can unlock a lot of, of herbal healing for yourself. Like myself who was taking oxy, um, muscle relaxers, gabapentin, three to four times a day. Wow. I now take those prescription drugs maybe once a day and I regulate my body's comfort levels with measured doses of CBD and THC. That's it. So what you're saying there is um, you get down to a baseline with more traditional medicine and then what what your uh, CBD, what CBD and THC treatments are able to do is then maintain that baseline longer. Exactly. That's fascinating. Exactly. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And then I, another ahead, another thing, I, yeah, another thing that happens that a lot of people don't realize is that cannabis is not what we call a medicine. 
most medicines, your doctor says, okay, you have this condition, you weigh this much, take this level of this particular drug to help you find relief or help alleviate that problem. When you're dealing with cannabis, you're dealing with um, a, a, product, a, a product that has so many different components in it um, that it's impossible for someone to prescribe a specific thing just for you. You actually have to test it. Um, and that's where the knowledge comes in. When you learn how to listen to your body and see what's happening, then you can make steps to make the changes um, to dose that yourself. And unfortunately, they're not, doctors can't do that because they're so used to dealing with drugs that are isolated. So basically the drug has this one thing in it. And so when you're dealing with plant matter, which is natural, which means there's always varying levels, it's really hard for a doctor to help you navigate that. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like we're so out of touch with this particular plant that it seems has had so many profound uh, impacts and connections throughout history. And, you know, before we even understood what it was as human beings, I'm sure we were using it, right? I'm sure that the usage of, of cannabis, whether it's in the THC form or even the CBD form, is, is as old as civilization it, it itself. Um, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, cannabis um, plant remains have been found in Egyptian tombs. Um, the tombs of the ancient um, Chinese dynasty. We're talking back as far back as 800 BC that were um, that THC was used. And you think back back then, the doctors weren't doctors; they were more like shamans or herbalists. So you went to the herbalists that had a toothache. They knew, yeah, we put a little bit of this plant in there. That's going to help your pain a bit. And then we get a little bit of bark from the aspen tree, aspirin. Mm -hmm. So you know, and that's. So it has been a part of our well-being, and it actually was manufactured broad scale in the United States um, prior to the Industrial Revolution. It was like there was no, like, nothing against it. They were actually paying people to produce it because you can get such quantities with little maintenance and little tending mm. that we're using it for clothing, building materials, things like that. It wasn't until, um, you know politics got into it and decided that it would be easier to um, criminalize it because they would make more money off of locking criminals up for it and for its use that the we've stepped away from it. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to touch on that. And, and I think that's an interesting point to make because I wanted to kind of touch on the stigma that has changed, you know, as something that has been as ageless as civilization having something be stigmatized all of a sudden, let's say 80 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And then over the course of the generations and the decades, it's stigmatized in different ways throughout those decades. So like in, in I'm sure in, the, in when William Randolph Hearst and all those guys launched their campaign against marijuana uh, and, and stigma, stigmatized it as something negative to, to the general mm -hmm. American populace, I'm sure that was probably the worst it was, the stigma, other than the war on drugs in the quote unquote 80s or you know whatever. I'm sure that was probably the worst then. But those two periods, other than that, 
Um, how, what can you speak to when it comes to the, the stigma, the stigma of marijuana and cannabis throughout just the ages? Um, it's, it's good. Um, a, it's a good point because as I said, prior to, you know, the William Hurst era when, oh no, it's bad. Um, but you have to think about all, um, all medications that society has decided now is not good. You know, you used to be able to get Coke in your soda. <laughs> no problem. We used, you know, so these things that were used previously when, when politics gets involved and people's hearts and minds get involved, it becomes a problem. Um, especially, hey, 1980s, war on drugs, Nancy Reagan telling everybody just say no. Yeah. And when, when I, you say when you say you could get actual Coke in your Coke, you, you actually mean actual Coke. Okay. Actual cocaine. Coca-Cola is named that because it had cocaine in it. The original recipe had cocaine in it. Damn. I yeah, mean so, and, and and that just goes to show you how addictive a lot of those properties are that we are are we, we're so addicted to, right? And I I always think man, is there some sort of a, a cannabis way I can wean myself off this sugar addiction or something like that, you know? Exactly. Can, can we sugar talk is about probably it? worse for you. Sugar is incredibly addictive. Caffeine is incredibly addictive. Cocaine is obviously addictive. I can think of no more addictive drink than Coca-Cola with those three ingredients, unless they wanted to add a little uh, tobacco in it too. <laughs> right. And that's another thing. The, one of the reasons why marijuana was stigmatized was so that the tobacco farmers could make money. But yes, that doesn't surprise now, me. That doesn't surprise me at all. But you know, now everybody's like, "Oh my God, tobacco's so horrible for you." It's always been, but when somebody with enough money and enough pull decides this is what we're going, we need to make money here, so we got to stop people from doing that. Um, that's that's when it happens. It's just like, oh, we can't smoke weed anymore. Let's smoke cigarettes. And now we got everybody got a lung cancer. Now don't smoke cigarettes. But the thing. And just recently, this is one thing I was talking about um, on my recent AMA, is the stigmas that are here today. Like people look at weed smokers, recreational weed smokers, like, oh, they're bums, they're lazy, all they want to do is get high, they want to walk around high. Um, however, there's nothing different, especially when we're talking about responsible recreational use. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get high, wanting to relax, wanting to unwind, wanting to just you know, responsibly check out. When people go and have a drink at the end of the day at a bar, no one says anything about it. Right. Oh, they just, it, it's, but it's socially, it's the same thing. It is something that makes you feel good. And as an adult, you've decided that I just want this to be my release because I like it. Cigarette smoking. It, you take that danger on yourself when you're smoking, but it's, still responsibly allowed for adults. There's no difference in those three other than probably cannabis is much less actually addictive and much less right. So is this um is this stigma something that you're actively fighting in your business? I guess who are your primary uh, customers who that you identified? Okay, so my primary customers are um are are of course women, ethnicities, minority groups who don't have a voice or aren't being heard when they're talking about um, what they need when it comes to wellness. 
And IOL definitely focuses on cannabis um, in Maryland, of course, THC above 0.03% is not legal. So, you know, we stay with uh, whoa, 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 whoa. that. Hold on. That, <laughs> I, I just heard something. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did you say weed over with a THC percentage of over 23% is illegal in Maryland? No, 0.03. Oh, 0.03. Okay. So that's a very small percentage. Okay. Um, so it's, again, it's, it has been decriminalized. So the most you do is pay a fine. But Maryland is not a recreational marijuana state. However, it is a medical marijuana state. So if you have a health concern that has been certified by a doctor as being relieved by marijuana, then you can go into a dispensary and get it. Okay. A lot of CBD, um, because CBD is present in high THC marijuana plants, as well as THC being present in high CBD um, hemp plants. So as long as your uh, CBD is from hemp and not marijuana, which is just a cousin, they're in the same family, cousins, um, and has less than zero, excuse me, less than 0.03% THC, it is legal for consumption federally as well as on our state. So that is where my brand pretty much sticks. So they were legal. But in that realm, there's so many different ways that you can use cannabinoids to help alleviate symptoms. And I'm going to get this out there now. If you haven't heard of Delta-8, Delta-8 is um, a, a THC variant that is found in hemp plants that uh, gives you the buzz and the high, but is uh, legal in about 46 states, including Maryland. So- What's that called? Delta- Called Delta-8. Delta-8. I just Googled it. Yeah, so they, they're selling Delta-8 gummies and it's mm -hmm. banned. I think you just said, yeah, it's banned in two states out of 50. Right, so- Of course, New York um, is one of them. New York, wait, Colorado is one of them. What? Which is- Delta-8 is banned in Colorado. I think Colorado, Utah, um, I think Arizona's on that list too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So the places um, where it's legal recreationally, they don't <laughs> want people doing Delta-8? So here, here, and here's the difference. Delta-8 does not grow in abundance in any plant. It's very um, minuscule. So what happens is you have to extract it from um, the cannabis and then in its concentrated form, basically apply it to your cannabis plant. So what is done is it's extracted um, in a lab and then it is sprayed onto or what they call fortified or infused mm -hmm. into CBD plants. So it's still legal because um, Delta-8 has no THC or below the federal limit of 0.03%. And then you spray that on CBD flour, or you can infuse it into CBD gummies or things of that nature. So it's legal, technically. However, it is not, it is chemically de derived because you can't find an abundance. What do people do? They recreate in the lab. So anytime you have Delta 8, it is synthetic. Wow. It has been recreated in the lab. So Colorado is, um, 
has decided that they're not sure or how to regulate people being able to chemically manufacture it. And so that it could be harmful if, if you got something, you know, like, I guess, what was it, K9 or something like that, which was yeah, the spice. Uh, yeah. yeah, spice. It was weed, but it was chemically or artificially manufactured, and people were doing crazy stuff with it. So I think Colorado is trying to keep has an eye towards that end game. Okay, that's 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 fascinating. Um, the website is Iowell A J A W E L L. We're speaking with Ayetta Crawford, and so you you've created a company before, right? This isn't your first rodeo. This isn't your first business. <laughs> Uh, I take it that you've taken a lot of the uh, experiences and the lessons that you've learned from previous companies that you've had, and you've put it into this particular business. And I've also noticed that, you know, when you speak about this, you speak of, of, from a place of, of being well-informed legally and from the experience of just being around it in a real practical sense. Uh, how important do you think it is to, for people to be uh, legally versed in what's going on even though it's becoming more legal right mm -hmm. people are in more states becoming more recreational legal and stuff like that but how is it how important is it for people to be versed on the new laws and the new legality surrounding whether it's buying it you know consuming it growing it personally mm -hmm. uh and, and that sort of stuff um so first and foremost because now um the focus is back on this. Of course, while it was illegal nationally, uh, people stopped researching it, starting, you know, so now the research has started again. Laws are changing um, constantly. And I will say that um, my background is in, you know, my degree is in business administration, HR, um, and personal management. So the legal aspects of running businesses anywhere is pretty much what I do. And I actually find it funny because even in my spare time, when I play games, I play games that are tycoon based or where I'm building a business and running a business. So like, it, it's what I love to do. As I tell people all the time, people say, what, what are you best at running shit? That's what I do. And that's why I, that's why I believe this is a simulation again, because someone is playing your your higher version is playing the version of you that is also a tycoon in that higher dimension. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, running shit is my is that's my huge. So, um, being abreast of legality is super important, especially as a minority in the United States. Um, you have got to make sure that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted and that you stay on top of it because minorities in America are still minorities. And they, um, as we saw with the crack epidemic, you know, when, it, when it crack was killing people or was a major problem in the inner cities, there weren't huge campaigns about, oh, they're not, they're not sick. You know, all, it was just, they're crackheads and they deserve what they get. But then when we start getting people um, outside in the suburbs who are addicted to obituates, now it's like, oh, they're sick, they need help, we got to do something about this. So you have to understand that when you're in America, there's a certain framework for minorities becoming a part of the prison population, and we that's a whole nother discussion. Mm. Um, but it's really important to make sure that you stay on top of legalities. I literally take, I have a, you know, a session every week where I'm reviewing 
the laws, changing laws and things like that and having wow. to update what I do because literally this is every time, you know, a Congress in a state or a municipality meets, um, these laws are up for changing, amending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you just have to know, especially with an e-commerce business, because most of my customers are, I'm not meeting face to face. I'm mailing them stuff. So interstate commerce is um, right with pitfalls. And so you have to be really, really abreast of those things. You also have to be knowledgeable of your product, which is why I took the time to become a certified CBD consultant. I'm also an accredited terpene specialist um, so that I can understand how these products work within the human body and that gives me the knowledge to be able to consult with people who may not be getting information from our perspective. So when somebody comes to me um, for co consultation services, they look like me. And so when they see me, they understand that I understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I have my own story. Like this is, this has been life changing. Interesting. Um, because I had something related to that that I wanted to ask you, which was you had said earlier uh, how you had discovered this when you had got injured and you had uh, a herniated disc. Now I've had a herniated disc. I had an L5 herniated disc about 10 years ago or whatnot. I'm not sure where yours was and you don't have to disclose that, but I do remember, man, the pain, just a constant level of just pain, sleeping through that pain, um, not being able to tie your shoes and, and being able mm -hmm. to only have that sort of range of motion where it's like everything you do is a pain. It's like a, getting stabbed in the lower back. Um, exactly. and, and so my question to you is, for the, for the people who do struggle with chronic pain and, and recent injuries, what recommendations could you give them of a type of C, uh, you know, cannabinoid, um, it doesn't have to be, it could be yeah, obviously CBD, so it doesn't have to be THC related. But if there's some THC recommendations you can make, that would be, you know, good as well. Just in the mm -hmm. context of pain relief and kind of uh, being able to wean yourself off of painkillers that may be addictive. So the first, the first thing is, and it's counterintuitive. Um, first, understand that it's not going to be a quick fix. And that you should start with very low doses and move your way up until you get to a sweet spot. That's what we would call the sweet spot where you, you've maximized the benefits at certain dosage levels. Um, it's very important, especially when it's pain, because I also, I also suffer from insomnia. And the only thing that really works for my insomnia is the THC. Mm. Um, so I do, like I said, over the course of the day, I change my dosing based on what I need to do. Do I need to move around and not be in pain? Or is it nighttime, it's time for me to settle down and to sleep? And so the first thing you need to think about, first of all, you should speak with a certified CBD consultant um, because they understand how to give you the correct um, route to go down. But you have to understand that they're not doctors, number one, and number two, this is not um, a prescription medication. So there's going to take, it's going to be a learning curve. But once you speak with a consultant and they let you know 
um, you know, some things to do. You have to decide if you want to, if you want to smoke it, do you want to eat it? Those are two completely different dosage things and they happen in completely different ways. So it's important to understand those before you start testing. Um, but for pain, I will say that um, CBD works really well um, when you have, when you're not using isolate. So an isolate is just a single CBD molecule. There are other cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, CBA, um, that work in concert together. So when they're together, they can then um, help with what they call stasis in your body. Cannabinoids help keep your body on an even keel. So that's not in pain. That's able to move around. That's able to go to sleep. That's able to focus. That's able to you know, have energy. So that stasis is what cannabinoids does for you. It does not, it doesn't actually alleviate the pain. It doesn't actually, it's not a painkiller. It's not a sleep aid. It is an, a stasis um, module. So basically the endocannabinoid system in your body wants your body to be well, okay. And so that's what it does. If things come in like cortisol, which is your stress um, hormone, CBD stops that from going into your, uh, your receptors so that you're not feeling that. Pain comes in. Again, it stops that pain from going down your, your nervous receptors so that you're not feeling it. So you need to understand that this is not the quick fix or this is not a painkiller or a sleep aid, but it's what keeps your body where it is functioning at its best and optimal levels. Wow. Um, you said that, go ahead, Arkin. I, I was just going to ask, you said that you became a certified uh, CBD consultant. What's the training or what's the uh, education like for that? What's the training like for that? How long, how long is the course? Okay. Um, and that is the problem. I'm actually taking uh, three certification courses um, for CBD consultants. There is no regulation and there's no... Um, there's no one body. There's no just... one ruling body. So you can approach different ones um, to get that certification. I've got mine from the um, CBD, uh, the Cannabinoid Industry Association. I've got it from the Minority Cannabis Association. And then I got it from the Certified CBD Consultants Organization. So you just need to, first and foremost, there are lots of course get rich schemes out there where you can become a, a certified cannabinoid consultant in an hour. Mm. So you need to look for real organizations that are doing work in this industry that are doing, you know, fighting the legislative fights in this industry with um, actual natural path doctors who understand and can give you that education. I will say the first certification I got, I, I came out of it not knowing much. Mm -hmm. And so I looked for additional certifications, even though it's the same, you know, the same initials, CCBDC, um, because I've, I felt like it wasn't good enough where I got it the first time and I spent my money for that. Um, but you got to make sure that you understand the endocannabinoid system, how it works in the body, the different um, cannabinoids, you should also learn about terpenes, 
And so if you come out of a course and you don't understand these things, then that course is not the course. And unfortunately, um, there's so many out there that it's hard to be sure. And then af after you go through a course, you may have questions. So if you find those questions and you're self-training yourself on these different things, and that's where I found um, I got most of my education is after finishing some coursework and getting a certification, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not sure about um, terpene. So let me go and find out about these. And it, that is a whole nother world um, that really, really, um, if you want to get down to the base level, terpenes basically are um, the active components in any plant, not just cannabis, but it's the active components that affect you really quickly, just one, because it's my favorite, pinene. So if you walk through a, a forest, pine trees, and you smell that pine, um, and studies have shown that that really helps with home, with stasis in your body, because it's an aromatherapy type thing. You take it in, it calms you down, it clears your mind. Well, when you smell pine, you're smelling a terpene. That is pining mm. that you're smelling. Wow. So when you light up or you get your favorite strain like Granddaddy Perp and you smell those grape notes and those fruity notes, everything that you're smelling, that is a terpene. Super lemon haze, that's what I'm smelling? Yes, yes, yes. Lemonine is a energizing. So when you're trying to be creative or focus, super lemon haze is where you want to be. Hey, I want to ask you about the appetite effect. You know, mm -hmm. when a lot of people who are struggling with the illnesses that affect their appetite, they will turn to cannabis and, you know, give them the munchies and they will develop an appetite. Right. Um, mm -hmm. What is the CBD effect on appetite as opposed to THC? So there is um, a correlation um, I am a person who is affected by appetite, but in the other way, I can, I can stand to lose a few pounds. I'm working on that. Um, and so that's difficult when people say, well, I don't want to do it because it's going to give me the munchies. There are definitely strands that will give you munchies. Again, though, we're looking at the cannabinoids in the strain. There are certain cannabinoids that are actually, um, that actually will um, inhibit your um, appetite. So if you're looking for um, some a cannabinoid that's high in CBN and CBG, you're actually not gonna get the munchies. You're actually not gonna feel so hungry. Whereas if you've got something that's high in THC, CBDA, something like that, those are where you get the munchies. So again, it's education. And that stuff is literally Googleable. Google that and find that really quick. Wow, okay. No, I'm just blown away. I was, I'm actually looking at the website right now and seeing all the products that you have to offer. And it looks like, I mean, I certainly wish all, I, I know it's not necessarily medicine, it's, it's, it's management, but I, I, I wish all health products look this fun. Ayawell.com, A-J-A-Well, W-E-L-L.com. Um, I, there was something interesting on your website that I thought was fascinating. And, and I have this and probably one other question for you, but um, you said that your company's name takes inspiration from the African goddess Orisha. Did I say that right? The spirit of the mm -hmm. forest. Okay. Um, and so, it says, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish, oh, finish. Well, it says, Aya like is a legend to have passed down her knowledge of botany and healing herbs to the Yoruba people. 
And it's something interesting because as, as uh, African descendants of slaves, right? We have such a, a vacuum in our history, a lot of us, especially someone like me who comes from orphanhood where I don't even have a lot of the immediate generational knowledge that you know a lot of, a lot of us already have. But right. there's something about a connection to our ancestral spirituality, right? And I feel like when I see that expressed in modern products that is designed to be sold to our culture, to our people, I think that it is uh, commendable. And I think it's admirable because look, we got enough Christianity, we got enough Islam. Honestly, I want us to return to the more, you know, African spiritual ancestral type spirituality where we honor our ancestors and all of the people who, you know, suffered for us to get to this point and what we do with that that sacrifice, I think is way more important than, than the worship. And I know this is not directly related to the product and the company, absolutely. but I would like your thoughts on that. Um, absolutely. First of all, um, I give all praises to my mom who is still among us, um, but she, in my life, uh, my mom has never been the type of person like do it this way, or you gotta be this, or don't go this way. Mother's always been um, a nudger versus a pusher. And in different aspects of my life where, um, you know, we moved from one neighborhood to a better neighborhood and then my friends didn't look like me. And then I started, you know, reading magazines with no one in them who looked like me or started, you know, doing things that didn't reflect our culture. My mom kind of stepped in several times in my life and said, well, no, starting with your name, you know, this is uniquely African and it's okay to express that. It's okay, you don't have to, for a long time, you know, people couldn't say my name. I didn't like my name um, until I really came into a place of understanding that um, my mother picked my name based on attributes she wanted me to carry through my life. Mm. And that's what African ancestral um, homage is. And so my mother, um, I grew up in a Christian household. We went to church, Baptist, so, you know, moderate Christian. Um, but later in life, my mother uh, decided that she would um, start practicing um, the Akan and Yoruba practices. Mm -hmm. So a uh, direct connection to um, ancestors and the spirituality there. And what's good about that is, when we worship the ancestors, these are people who actually were walked the earth. Mm -hmm. Like we're not praying to a sky daddy or a sky mama. Mm -hmm. These were um, super beings who lived among us. And so Aya um, was one of those beings who was, um, she was the protector of the forest, um, carried all of the knowledge of all the plants in the forest. And the way we are able to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves well was because she convened with humans and let them know this is what, this is good for you and this is good for you. And so um, in homage, because I try and live my life so that my ancestors will be happy that they made the sacrifices they did for me. Absolutely. Um, I definitely wanted to pay that homage and even... Uh, this homage goes even closer because my grandmother was a home economics teacher and she taught me 
the the chemistry and the reward in creating for yourself. So she taught me how to sew and how to bake. Um, and those are skills that directly are reflected in my businesses where I create the products, where I come up with the formulations, and I come up with um, what I want those products to do and how they uh, interact with people. Um, so it, it's a definitely a homage to my grandmothers who protected me and showed me these things but also to Aya, who um, inspired me to continue down this journey. Well, I think, um, if, I, if I ever have a daughter, or hopefully I have two daughters so that I can name one Aya and the other Jadzia, because I feel like Jadzia is the greatest, one of the greatest female names ever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, well, go ahead, RK. I was just going to say the story you just shared is beautiful because it is. You, you, can, you can obviously tell that you get this entrepreneurial nudge from two people that had a profound impact on your life. And I think just speaking to today where quote hustle culture, uh, rise and grind mentality is taking over all of social media and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, but no one actually wants to create something. You were taught from a young age, the importance of building something, uh, putting something together that has value to add to the world and, and, and giving it to others. So I, th I think that that's, it's, it's very easy to see how you got from point A to point B. And I think it's beautiful that you were taught to create and not just create, but create something that has a value added uh, to the world and it's led you down this road. Uh, I actually, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up before I, I misquote it, but it's um, Andrew Yang's book. He was like, it's, it's like people, it, it's people need to build things or something like that, right. or smart people right. need to build things uh, because we have too many people who no longer want to build. Uh, they just want, they, they, they want to own, but they don't want to build right yeah i've also seen that most people don't want to know how the sausage is made they just want a hot dog and so you know you have a lot of information about this field you are very studied you obviously retain information very well so you know for a lot of people though they feel like <clears throat> that's information overload i can't just give me the weed you know just give me a sack give me the purple it's just like but you you want to know what's in it bro you do and hopefully our conversation that we've had today uh you know raises people's awareness and their pharmacological care right because this is all kind of about mental health and physical health as well uh the right. idea that you can utilize these components whether it's cbd or thc or any of the other psychoactive or non-psychoactive components that we've talked about today to better heal yourself that is not pharmaceutical based and that's where we're hopefully trying to move people you want to combat big pharma you want to combat rising <laughs> drug prices and stuff find more holistic ways of you to address certain conditions so that you don't have to go to them so much um i'll, I'll give you the four for the, your final thoughts on that but um, that's kind of my thoughts and what i've taken from this is the idea that we can use these components for a, the type of self-care that nature uh, designed in our evolution for us to, to, to take, so. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely about taking control of your own self-care. Um, we, we live in a assimilationist society where we try to fit. I think we lost her. Did we lose her? Yeah, I think so. Oh, she was gonna say something profound. She too. was about to, she she was about to melt the computer. Oh, of course. Uh, well, hopefully, 
Yeah, while she's uh, while she's frozen, I'll just quickly say smart people should build things. That's the Andrew Yang book. So I was close to the title. You were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, you were pretty close. What a fascinating conversation. There you go. Welcome you back. Yep, we nope. hear you now. Oh, you got me. Okay, yep, perfect. Got I'm sorry. Now. now, hopefully, I'll remember all that good stuff I was about to tell you. Yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, she's gonna say something profound. What happened? How about the break of day, Find out season two. The right. cliffhanger. That was a cliffhanger. <laughs> we were like, wait, we were literally like, what, 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 what's the secret? What's the secret to life? <laughs> All right. So as I was trying to say before, you know, uh, the CIA alphabets came in and tried to take this away from me. Um, in, our society tries to have a one-size-fits-all approach to um, anything but especially medicine, you know, your doctor wants to say, oh yeah, take this pill, take this pill, take this pill. Um, however, we were not designed as um, nature intended to treat ourselves in very individual, individual, individualistic ways. That's a great word, by the way. Uh, <laughs> thank you, I can learn how to say it. Um, what happens is when you try and treat something without Taking, um, taking, taking stake in the whole being is you disrupt the system. So how a lot of pharmacological things they have side effects and they have this long range of side effects. Take this, yeah, but you're not going to taste anything ever again. Damn. You'll be incontinent. You know all that type of stuff that they run off real quick at the end of the ads. That's because that one singular thing is throwing off another system in your body. And your body was meant and designed in nature to be a system, an ecosystem. And just like the ecosystem that we're tearing up on our planet, um, we're doing that when we try to have a, a one size fit all thing. You were designed to walk through nature and find what you needed in nature. Your ecosystem should always be in stasis. Like the endocannabinoid system, which is a system in your body, very similar to your nervous system or your digestive system, to maintain stasis. Cannabinoids, which can be found in other plants, not just cannabis, were designed for us to take in to maintain that stasis. Um, and so, but it also takes you actively participating in that stasis. And what we like to do now is quick fix. I don't want to learn a whole bunch of stuff. I just want to feel a certain way. Mm. And because of that, we have been taken advantage of. We have been damaged. Um, and we continue to be damaged in that way because we're not thinking holistic self-care. We're thinking, oh, I hurt my toe. Let me get this motion real quick. Instead of how do I keep my body um, functioning optimally on all five cylinders. Mm. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, engaging and educating us and, and you know, having this conversation because I feel like um, this is in a time where everything's becoming more legal. I feel like the care about the details is kind of getting lost and I hope that doesn't, because this is something that you shouldn't just consume and not really know what you're consuming 
you know, because there are different effects every time. So um, I do want to show my appreciation to that. RK, you got anything else? This was probably the best interview we could have come back with. So thank you so much for giving us your time. And thank you so much for giving us your mind. Uh, both have been invaluable to, to us and our community. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it, guys. And Absolutely. if anyone has any questions, feel free to email me. Email address is hello at IOL. That's A-J-A-W-E-L-L. Visit the website, follow us on social media. I am the certified CBD consultant that will answer your questions um, confidentially, personally, um, taking your whole wellness into consideration. That is fantastic. Um, and we appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, well, hopefully we can have you back on and have some more of these conversations. So if you get some time in the near future, we'd love to bring you back on. Absolutely. I enjoyed myself. I'm ready to come back already. All right. All right, you guys, for the Gray and Gold podcast, I'm Graydon Square. I'm Delta 8. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Peace, peace. Bye.